I was pulling a rank because I'm the oldest guy on staff. But I wanted this privilege this morning to greet and introduce to you, you know her, you love her, our pastor of Family Affairs, Family Life, Pastor Kara Young. God bless you as you come. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I was telling myself I wasn't going to cry this morning, but I already failed seeing those pictures up there. Um, and it's such a privilege. And to think, here I go, here we go, <laughs> the waterworks. I love Jesus so much Amen. to be used in this way. And recently, to have my heart broken in new ways. And I'm excited at this opportunity because what I have to share this morning has not necessarily been a strength of mine. And as much as I love Jesus... I have not always served him well. And I have not always come across the way that I have wanted to or have intended to. But the same message I have today, I want to be very straightforward. I share with your kids every week. They don't get some ring around the rosy Jesus, okay? And I believe in leadership that really lives it and shows it. And I learn all the time from Pastor Dav and Laura, Pastor Jim, everyone on staff. They, they live the same way. And uh, if you don't know, I, I am the kids and family ministry pastor, and I wasn't looking to get involved in kids <laughs> when I first started, but I have to be honest with you, I love them. <laughs> I love them so much. This morning, uh, um, our worship pastor, Megan, her one of her daughters goes, you're going to be in there today, right? And I'm like, no, I'm with you. I'm with the, in biggest church, like big church, like adult church, not kids church. And she's like, what? They don't need you. We need you. <laughs> and that's always a good reminder because, because, because uh, it, you know, kids ministry is, is interesting and it, it definitely has its challenges. And sometimes as adults, we forget that kids are important. And so that it can kind of get discouraging sometimes, guys, just being honest with you. You know, because as adults, we forget that the least of these are the most important. Okay? And I, <laughs> as I was preparing this week, um, I knew right away, uh, even I think it was a week and a half ago, what the Lord wanted me to, to, to speak on. 
But then I always have a hard time, just like when I'm a writer, I, I always have a hard time trying to figure out what I'm going to start out with. And, and so I'm like, Jeremy, where's Jeremy? Where is he? Anyway, Jeremy, my husband, just so you know, the guy that was in the announcement video, bringing cookies to himself. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, I, I asked him, oh, there he is. Oh, he just walked in. Okay. I know, his ears are burning, all right. When I asked him, I was like, you know, this isn't the first time I, I have shared. I don't get a share very often. I would love, I love doing this. I don't get a share very often, and I was like, what should I tell them about myself that they might not know? And this is what he told me to say. Or not told, he didn't tell me to say them, he just suggestions. He goes, um, and I'll phrase it as myself, I am passionate, which is true. Uh, I feel things very deeply, and you bet, like, I'm going to do things all in. It bothers me if I have to half bum it. <laughs> and if someone else requires that of me, I have a hard time with that. No, like I'm all in. So I'm very passionate. I like superhero movies. Jeremy can say that I have pretty much educated him uh, since we've been married on superheroes. I love coffee. Okay? And part of that is because I have sweet moments with Jesus when I have coffee. And then I love to meet people for coffee. Um, I have a strange cat. <laughs> this is true, okay? You have to understand something. I was not ready to commit to a dog. So when we were talking, we're like, well, we can get a cat. And I'm like, okay, okay. I don't like glitter boxes. But anyways, the Lord loves the small details. So I asked him, Lord, lead me to a cat that's like a dog. <laughs> literally. I'm not even joking. I literally prayed that prayer. And our cat it acts like a dog. She growls. She fetches. She begs. And I taught her to sit at the kitchen table while we eat food because that was a child dream of mine, and I wasn't allowed when I was a kid. Anyways, um, I like mayonnaise on corn. I think he just added that in there because Jeremy likes that. Um, I like to learn how to fight. I think that comes from kind of what I'm going to share today. I've always wanted to be fierce. I've always wanted to be bold. I've always wanted to kick some bum. Okay? I always have. All right, so if you can turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. And as you get there, we're going to start in verse 27 and go to the end. It says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, 
I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So this is from Paul. He wrote a letter to the people in Philippi, okay, in jail. So he's suffering, okay? Essentially, in verse 27, I, this is a tough one to talk about because when we're talking about suffering, guys, none of us like that, especially Americans. And um, in verse 27, essentially, he's like, Paul is like, get your corporate act together, okay? Come together in unity. Come together in love for the sake of the gospel in Philippi. Now let's look what was at the issue, okay, was how the Philippines actually conducted themselves then. Like meaning how did they literally live out the gospel in Philippi? So you have to understand that that the, the people took really great pride with having special privileges and prestige of Roman citizenship because Caesar Augustus had made Philippi an actual Roman colony. And so so they received all those privileges as a Roman citizen would have. And this is why Paul urged them to live out the citizenship worthy of the gospel. He was reminding them that this was not their home, that Philippi was not their home. They were supposed to live and think eternally. Okay, not not live it up in Philippi, essentially. Okay, heaven was their home. They needed to take this seriously. Pretty much get your act together within the believing community. Okay, get your act together in the family of God. And this isn't to say that they, they weren't, okay, but it was a reminder because with that prestige and those privileges, kind of, you got comfortable a little bit. And then also, he was reminding them, be of one heart and mind with the understanding that disharmony would lead to their collective ruin. It only takes one. And so he's asking them to stand firm in unity, to contend together for the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. They must stand firm and live out their heavenly citizenship worthy of the gospel by contending for the faith in unity despite the opposition that they were facing. So let's look at the opposition In verse 28, it says, And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Okay, when it says frightened, okay, that's like intimidated, terrified, afraid. Some of us could could say, you know, full of fear. 
At that time, there was what was called the cult of the emperor. So essentially, if you were to go to like a public gathering, similar to a sporting event for us or anything, much like when we stand up and, and we put our hand over our heart for the star-spangled banner, or people are doing other things now. Um, <laughs> essentially, for them, they were presented with the opportunity for everyone in attendance to proclaim Caesar is Lord. Paul's concern was more for the believers to not be intimidated by this or to live with anxiety, dismay, and distress. And as you know, like if you did not submit, your life was at risk. And in this verse, Verse 28 describes an uncommon boldness in proclaiming Christ. Such people cannot be intimidated by anyone or anything because they know they don't belong here. They know not to get comfortable here because they're just passing through. It seems that the American church needs to take some lessons here. I'm just as guilty as liking to stay comfortable. We all like to stay comfortable. <laughs> but it sure seems like a lot of us, and from what we've seen in the American church, is that they're content with living here. They're content with living it up. We have gotten too comfortable. We have gotten too comfortable. And this uncommon boldness reveals that as the Philippians at that time maintain courage in the face of their opponents, they will see such strength that they will know that that strength only comes from God. An uncommon boldness. And in the end, the last two verses, <laughs> this is like an introduction to chapter two, just as a side note. Essentially, suffering is a gift. We need to look at suffering differently. Suffering is a gift. Suffering for Christ is a gift. As Christ followers, as his servants, okay, a servant is supposed to be like their master. Okay, therefore, if we are followers of Jesus, we should be more and more like him. Amen. The, older we, the older we get, we should look like him, we should talk like him, 
We should think like him, even in our suffering. The very same God who saved you has made it possible to live with an uncommon boldness that will help you in times of suffering. This is what led so many to die in the arenas. This is what led so many to not say Caesar is Lord and proclaim Jesus is Lord. And it still is. We have family members all over the world that are dying proclaiming Jesus while we in our comfy chairs complain about the wrong kind of donuts. See, here's the thing. Jesus took your cross. Okay? We can certainly get uncomfortable and start living the way that we are supposed to. Suffering and faith are both a great privilege. They're gifts. And we see in Matthew 5.10, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And in Acts 5.41, we see the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. In Philippians, Paul reminds them that he is suffering with them. He was in jail. When you look at the life of Paul, did anything stop him? No. No, absolutely not. It says before this, he wanted to leave and go to heaven. There was countless times he was close to death because he had been beaten so much. Because he proclaimed Jesus. But he decided and knew that it was better that he stay for them. To suffer with them. That's a new thought. Most of us don't choose to suffer with people. If anything, we try to run from it. We try to mask it. We try to cover it up. But we see Paul here. He stayed to suffer. He chose not to be selfish. He chose to to be uncomfortable. He chose to live worthy of the gospel, which meant he actually lived it to the fullest measure in joy and in suffering. In joy, guys. In joy. This is uncommon. What's more common is crybabies. I, you know what? I'm, I'm preaching to myself here, okay, because there have been moments where I did not know I was being a crybaby. I thought I had a right to complain or to whine or to be in self-pity, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't realize how spoiled I was. Goodness. So an uncommon boldness, how do we do this? 
How do we receive that? How do we get out of our comfort zones? How do we get out of our selfishness where we're just thinking about ourselves? How do we do that? You take time to surrender everything so that you are all in. And when we do that, we need to stand firm in one spirit. We cannot live holy lives without a proper relationship with Holy Spirit. We cannot live worthy of the gospel just by coming to church. Jesus did not die on the cross, which was meant for you, for me, each of us, just so you could show up and sit in the pew on Sunday. We must contend for the faith of the gospel, which means we must live it. We must, we must breathe it. We have to boldly proclaim it and have your actions match it, okay? When we wake up, our first desire should be him, should be Jesus, and then it should end that way. Stop being afraid to share Jesus, especially in America. Share him in the grocery store. Share him with your neighbors, your classmates. What are you afraid of? Are you at risk of being thrown in jail? Are you at risk of being killed? Are you at risk of having 40 lashes rip open your back? Because here's the thing. When you know whose you are, you know how much God loves you. And that is all that matters. You should be all in. See, we need to get rid of our self-centeredness. We need to stop complaining. We need to stop bickering. Stop gossiping, guys. Okay? Stop fighting with each other. We need to hang up our materialism, our liberalism, stop identifying ourselves as our sexuality or our political party. We need to get rid of political correctness and stop watering down and sugarcoating the truth. Because Jesus ain't no chocolate-covered donut. Okay? What we've been attempting to do is here's Jesus, here's the cross that he died on, and you're trying to pour chocolate all over it as if you're trying to mask you know, the power or, or trying to mask uh, the ugliness of it because, well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Someone might get uncomfortable and leave. If you're uncomfortable, leave. If you can't handle the truth, either, either repent or leave. Because I know if you're not repenting in here and you're staying in here, you're not going to re- probably be repenting out there. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, it makes you feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to apologize. And we must all do all of this without being intimidated in any way by the opposition. Especially those who often will focus on our weaknesses, on our past, and throw it in our face. 
Why is this important? Because we know this is not our home. And I have to tell you, I have not been good at this, probably for the majority of my life. So when I'm sharing about this, I'm speaking of myself. It was, this has not been an easy thing for me. I'm an introvert. Okay. So even going to my hairdresser to talk, I just don't want to do it. Because it's like the surface level stuff. I, it's hard for me to handle. I'm a deep person. And if you meet with me for the first time, you'll probably soon find out that I get to the deep stuff <laughs> right away. Um, and I've struggled with this and have not understood what having uncommon boldness means until recently, really. Past several years, of, the Lord has been, he's patient. Okay, he's patient, and he's been teaching me uh, what this means, but I have to be honest with you guys. My life has not been easy. The enemy has attempted to take me out several times, and I had believed so many lies about myself through the years. And a lot of that was rooted in the sins of others on me. Young kid abused by a person who was a leader in the church before kindergarten. So you best bet, right? There ain't no, nobody messing with your kids here. Okay, because I have experienced firsthand by the hands of someone else that was to be trusted, okay, what it's like to have something stolen and ripped away from you. And then to have that be the foundation of my identity where I believed so many lies about myself. Okay? But the Lord has used that, has used betrayals throughout my life, my family, Get slandered all the time. Right now. And to be able to come to an understanding that the enemy is out to steal your soul. Why don't you just shove it back in his face? All that suffering, 
The Lord uses it. And I am learning. <laughs> what I need to do to break free. The introvert me. Where I'm most comfortable not being up front. Where I'm most comfortable, you know, watching, observing, and listening. But I know that the Lord placed in my DNA boldness, fierceness, courage, bravery, and love. And he, if you allow, can take your suffering and your brokenness and turn it into warrior. Like, I'm thinking of Wonder Woman here. And turn it into, like, a weapon against the enemy. That uncommon boldness. My question is, are you all in? Because until you're all in, you're not going to understand this uncommon boldness. You're not going to understand what this means. A warrior doesn't shrink back. A warrior knows who and whose he or she is. Nothing can make them doubt, and nothing can make them change their target or course of action. One of the things I liked when I was in the Philippines and we went on the Crusades, you know what? saw the enemy, and I was like, you best be running, because I'm coming after you. Every day, the Crusades, and when I came back, I was like, Lord, change me, because it's way too easy to come back, and you instantly have hot water for your showers. And, you know, you have, like, the microwave, and you have your bed and the people around you that you know love you. And it's easy to get caught up in Netflix or, or just get caught back into the normal routine. And I go... How, how do I live like that? And no, it's not going to be the same, but how do I live like that here? And being just so completely broken, I'm still broken, you guys. Because something needs to change. When help isn't motivation enough for us, in America, the American church, when hell is not motivation enough, guys, do you understand this? Your neighbors, your family, your friends, they're going to hell, and you're sitting there in your comfy chair as if you're okay with it? Our hearts need to break. Lord, forgive us. Because we've blinded ourselves. We've become too comfortable. We like being selfish. 
what is stopping you from reaching out? I know for me, I was afraid of being rejected because I was rejected in the worst way. My first early memories are rooted in rejection. And I know that's what kept me. And I think I hear a lot of excuses, you know, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I might offend them. You know, they might get mad at me or, you know, that's not good enough. It's not good enough. So what's keeping you silent? What lie are you believing that is keeping you from leading others to Jesus? And I've been asking myself this question recently, and, it's, and it continues to break me. How many people have you led to Jesus? Is it your regular goal to lead others to him? And I know that this looks differently for each of us. Um, one way that I, I've been trying to change my routine because, because I am an introvert and I process things slow, like in slow motion, okay? Sometimes it's really frustrating. Um, and it takes me a while, even as I'm running errands or sometimes even here I have to make a very, like a, I have to be very aware of myself to not get stuck in my own thoughts. Because when I do that, I don't see people. I can walk right past somebody and it doesn't even connect because I'm processing something. And this is even worse when I'm running errands in the city, around town, whatever. And so I... One of the ways that I've been trying to be different, because this is something I am living out right now, this is something that the Lord is, is growing in my own life here, is literally to stop for people. So I'll get parked in the parking lot, and I don't know if you guys have noticed lately, but there's been a lot more people outside of stores I don't know if you guys have noticed this. They're outside of stores. Some of them are playing guitar, that kind of thing. I love it because then, then it's like I feel like I'm a woman in the dirt in the mission field again, and it reminds me. But um, anyways, we see them on street corners, you know, people out and about, whether they're homeless or, or some are just out there having a smoke break. And I choose to acknowledge him, like, say hello. Not that I wouldn't necessarily do that before, but sometimes I wouldn't. Like, i just go in, like, smile, you know. At least I smiled. I did my duty for the day. I smiled at him. <laughs> That's not good enough. <laughs> not for me. And um, it's kind of funny because I was running errands Friday for 
supplies for kids' church really quick because there was just, like, something random I forgot. And I knew exactly what I needed to get, and it was just, like, a quick thing. And, uh, and there was this man playing guitar right out the entrance of the dollar store. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to ignore this person this time. So I stopped him, like, hey, I don't have any cash, but can I get you anything when I'm in the store? And he goes, oh, no, I'm good. Would you like to go out with me? <laughs> so I literally went from, okay, get this, right? I've had a fear of rejection my whole life. I got asked out instead. <laughs> what are the odds, right? Okay? Now, I know that's funny, but it, it, was, it was quite humorous because I felt like the Lord was just, like, adding his sense of humor to things. Because it doesn't really matter if I'm rejected or not. Because what matters is God. <laughs> and I know he loves me. And I know that he values me more than I can ever grasp or imagine, you know, and I get to spend eternity realizing and, and experiencing that. So my question to you is, do you want an uncommon boldness? Do you want to live without fear? Do you need healing so that you can be all in for Jesus? What is holding you back? What hurt? What pain? What lies are stopping you from living this way? We aren't even at risk like the people in Philippi were. We should be like the boldest people in the world. Like, are you kidding me? We need to be more bold. Our churches should be bursting at the seams. Our homes should be full of neighbors reading the word of God. Our boss and coworkers should know that they can come to us when they are going through a crisis because miracles happen when you pray. They should know this about you. So, Megan, if you can come up here. I think it's really important that we address our own hearts. So I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes. <clears throat> Where is your heart with the Lord this morning? Do you even know him? And if you do, how much do you really know him? What is it going to take to have your heart so broken for those that don't know Jesus, 
for you to embrace a life of uncommon boldness. Where you're not going to let fear of rejection, you're not going to let the current political climate and hatred stop you from sharing the most important person, our most precious Savior. So I'm just going to ask everyone's eyes closed. If you have never accepted Jesus and surrendered to your life to him, to live for him, to know that you're going to heaven, but to also know that even despite all the wrong things you've done, that Jesus loves you. He loves you. And if, if you want to receive forgiveness this morning and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to live without fear, you want to be healthy, healed, whole, set free, and living with an uncommon boldness and you have never given your life to him, I want you to not delay. Do it now. If that is you, can you please raise your hand? And then if you have, but you have walked away, you decided, hey, I'm going to go my own way. I'm comfortable here. You can't tell me what to do. And you want to come back to him? Set your path straight once again. Can you raise your hand, please? All right, then this last one. pertains to that boldness. My guess is the Lord has already showed you what is holding you back. <laughs> My guess is you probably war within yourself through the week about it. Okay, if that is you, I'm actually going to ask you to come forward. We're going to lay our hands on anybody who wants prayer because oftentimes, okay, we allow uh, illnesses in our body to stop us. We allow thoughts we're thinking to stop us. Um, fear. And I want uh, my prayer, anybody from OCB and any of you here, you can come on up here. That way we're ready. What do you want the Lord to break you free from so that you can live this way? Worthy of the gospel. 
worthy of what Jesus died for. So I'm going to call you forward. I want you to come forward. I don't care if you're scared. Just come forward. There's no judgment. There's no shame. 